I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 54 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host as always, Evan Brown. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution, the humblest host some say. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You can drop me an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments about any of the prospects we've covered, the series, or the show in general, we are here building the big board yet again. Almost there, people. The draft is right around the corner. We are wrapping up tight ends this week. We've got a special guest later in the week. We're going to do a mock draft, three-round mock draft, just to put into practice some of the stuff we've been talking about. Then we're going to hit quarterbacks next week after, and then it'll be time for draft week. So almost there. Stick with us. We got two more awesome prospects with the wonderful Alfredo Brown at Alfredo Brown GM on Twitter. Give him a follow. Check out the pretend GM and let's get it. Something is wrong with you. I got a fever. Adam himself could not resist the temptation of rookie fever. We are back again. We have already talked. We've already introduced the wonderful Alfredo Brown yesterday. If you missed yesterday, go back and listen to it. It was a belter of a podcast episode. If I do say so myself, um, make sure and follow Alfredo at Alfredo Brown GM and make sure and check out the pretend GM podcast. It is an absolute treat of a podcast. One of the best in the biz. And without further ado, we are going to get straight into it, or I should say, before we go any further, Pasta, how are you, sir? Oh, man, I'm doing great. I am doing great. I love talking tight ends with you. Last episode was a lot of fun. I'm ready to talk about a few more guys. Yes, sir. Here we go. And yes, we're talking Daniel Bellinger. Daniel Bellinger, he is out of San Diego State, which they are the Aztecs, which is a very cool name. I really like that name. I'm all about that. I wish we had an Aztecs in the NFL. I think that is needed. Um, NFL, get on that. He is a senior, 21 years old. He was only a two-star recruit, so six foot five, 253 pounds, and did fairly well at the combine. So he ran a four, six, three, 40, which isn't great, but it's not terrible, but he did put up 22 reps on the bench. So pretty strong. One of the better, um, one of the better performances there from the tight end class. He had a 34 and a half inch vert, 10 foot five broad and a 7.053 cone in high school. Daniel um, played basketball and competed in track. So again, one of those multi-sport athletes, um, his 40 and his speed are considered 85th plus percentile on player profiler. So that is pretty solid because when you get to these later rounds, sort of dart throw tight ends or guys from the waiver wire, you want to sort of always be thinking, are they really athletic? Cause athleticism has one of the strongest correlations, um, to elite tight end production of any of the sort of different, um, different sort of roles in the NFL running back wide receiver, etc. Uh, his spark X score was 114.2, which is 73rd percentile. So it's not amazing, but it's not terrible. Talked about spark 
Spark Score previously. Spark Score is something Nike or Nike, sorry, um, invented and and kind of they utilize. There's a lot of sites that have like sort of their own spin off of it. It looks at like speed and uh, acceleration and your burst and things like that. It tries to give you just a pure athletic um, metric for how athletic of a profile you have. Uh, so it's nothing to do with you know what you actually did in college. It's just purely what kind of an athletic specimen are you so like pasta obviously would have like a hugely massive spark x score off the charts they probably don't even have a number that high whereas me i'd probably be like 34 um but he was named to the john mackey award watch list in 2020 and 2021 so again john mackey award that's the award for the best tight end in the country uh three-time mountain west scholar athlete so he did really well in school he has no character concerns again i think that is important for nfl teams uh in four years 31 games he had 68 receptions for 771 yards 11.3 yards per reception and five touchdowns so again a little bit of a snapshot there what do you think of mr bellinger Man, so I, I loved everything that you're saying about Daniel Bellinger, and he's one of these guys that I just I wish that he would get maybe some better coaching going into the next level because he's one of these guys, like you mentioned, he's got, you know, the last episode I talked about the ingredients of a tight end and how we're going to make this recipe with the proper chef. He's got some good ingredients. He's just a guy that I think he is. I think he's a better athlete than football player. I don't know if you've ever seen that, like the guys that are good workout warriors, the guys that can run fast, they can lift heavy weights, you know, and they're in great shape, but then they're not necessarily good at the sport they play. And we see that all the time, whether it's, you know, football, basketball, baseball, you know, et, et cetera. Um, I'm not suggesting that Daniel Bellinger isn't good at football, obviously to be playing at the collegiate level and do so at a high level. I just don't know that it's good enough at the NFL level. And it's just one of those guys. He was good, not great. He's a little awkward when running his routes, not a super natural hands catcher. Um, you know, he, he's what I would call an effort player. He's the guy that when he goes out there and he gives you his best effort, he's going to be pretty good. But if he's not on fire, every single play and using that athleticism to the best of his abilities, it's going to be kind of below average. And I think that he's one of those guys that, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where he gets drafted and what kind of opportunity he gets because I don't have him ranked very highly going into this draft. Um, you know, I think it's weird that he would disappear kind of so often in these these games uh, in, in college where you know he's having a lot of one and two catch games for him for a guy that's not you know a, a high quality blocker for a guy that is such a good athlete. You know, why are you disappearing so much? You know, what makes you go go especially in the Mountain West Conference where teams are scoring 50, 60 points a game? You as a tight end and as you know, this NFL prospect, you should be consistently getting more than one or two catches a game. And it just happened far too often for him. I think that he's just a guy that doesn't quite know how to use the tools he has yet. And so with some good coaching, I think he can get better at that. Um, you know, it's just it's gonna be weird to see where he ends up. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. He's one of those guys that one of the notes that I had for him was literally good, solid athletic build. You watch him, you look at him on the field and you're like, Oh yeah, he looks like a tight end. He looks like a, you know, big solid dude. You know, you think he can do stuff. So it, it is, it is frustrating. Cause you sort of think there feels, it feels like there's untapped potential there. You see the athleticism and things like that. And you sort of think, was this a lack of coaching? Um, what is the deal here? So yeah, for me, yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you at this point in time. He's somebody that's just a name to be aware of. And then if, he surprises us and gets like decent draft capital. I mean, decent, probably fifth, sixth round, even for him. Um, but like, if he gets, if he gets, you know, fifth round draft capital and he goes somewhere like the Packers who don't really have a strong tight end room, you know, things like that, that's definitely somebody to be aware of. Um, you know, I would say that 
for me, you know, I'm just looking at my notes here for him. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just really a lot of the similar stuff that you said, fairly basic route tree. And you just wonder, is that from coaching, from a lack of like um, people kind of investing in him and what he's able to do? He was like, like you said, it was like he was good at sneaking out of the backfield and like making catches and making things happen at times. And it was almost just like he was finding ways to win with his athleticism rather than being a technician, rather than being, you know, somebody who's really dialed into his craft and knows what he's doing. So hopefully he does get a chance at the next level and hopefully he does develop. He'll probably be a slow burner. So, you know, for me at this stage, if I'm talking about like a, a rookie draft grade for him he's a udfa for me personally in my rookie drafts uh unless it's just like this crazy 16 team league where there's like six rounds of you know drafts or something but in your normal sort of 12 team league with a four round rookie draft or something like that he's going to be a udfa somebody just to keep an eye on and see where he lands and see what happens or if you have a big taxi squad i'm in a couple leagues where we've got like 10 10 person taxi squad or something crazy you know something like that then sure grab him off the waiver after the rookie draft throw him on the taxi squad and just see what happens but what are your thoughts are you drafting him at all are you sort of similar to me with your rookie grade for him yeah for me he's going to be undrafted uh, whether it's the rookie draft and honestly i don't know that he's going to get drafted in the nfl draft either maybe it's it's like late 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 and sixth seventh and then some those kind of guys end up getting reserved for special teams so uh when, when it comes to fantasy football though uh, even tight end premium. I don't know that I'm drafting him in within the first four rounds of my rookie draft. Agreed. Agreed. Sad times. But hey, this is what we do. We give you the information that you need. We're digging in deep. We're going to go through all these different, you know, the highs, the lows, the in-betweens. We're going to play the greatest greatest hits. Of course we are, but every station does. We got to dig in there and find those golden oldies, see what those, you know, s- scratch beneath the surface, find you some, some gems, but also just let you know, you don't need to pull the trigger or just because you've heard the name doesn't mean you need to necessarily draft them um and i think that's good that's something i just on a side tangent that i do sort of try to do on the show and it is hard because you never want to talk badly about a prospect you don't want to i mean these guys are like 17 times the athlete i could ever be even the bums you know it's like you don't ever want to say this guy sucks or like he doesn't deserve a shot but at the same time you want to be honest and you want to say look you know realistically this is a great example, Daniel Bellinger. I like him as a as a prospect in certain elements. I think there's certain things about him, but at the same time, I'm not gonna like lie to people and be like, oh yeah, you know, pick him in the third round and you know, all that kind of stuff, because I just don't think that's wise. And I think you need to try and give that good information, that good, solid, realistic takes that's gonna help people be better at and I know that's what you guys do over at Pretend GM, trying to always help people be better uh, managers of their fantasy squads. So we're gonna talk about somebody that hopefully hopefully fingers crossed will have more of an impact for your fantasy squads it is my dude to talk about this time it is well here's the thing so over here we would say isaiah but i know this is not correct so i'm gonna say it the correct way the american way isaiah likely um out of coastal carolina so he is a chanticleer now i need i need the the uh, the the expert the tight end whisperer to explain to me what a chanticleer is because to me it sounds like a fancy goblet that you would drink wine out of or something what is a chanticleer i have absolutely no idea what a chanticleer is i this should have been part of my research i think while you're talking i'm gonna (laughs) look up while i'm talking i will vamp and you google uh so he's a senior he's 21 years old he was only a two-star recruit surprisingly coming out he's six foot four and a half 245 pounds uh at the combine he only participated in a couple of the drills so he had a 36 inch vert which is 
very solid um, for a tight end, especially, and a four, five, seven, 20 yard, um, which is okay. Then, so the weird thing is, so he didn't com- compete in like the 40 yard dash, et cetera. And then, but he has done either, it was either a pro day or a special workout for the Colts or someone like that. And he only ran a four, eight, 40, which is very odd considering one of his calling cards was supposed to be his athleticism. Um, how quick he was on the field, things like that. So that is a bit of a head scratcher. I'm not sure what to do with that. He had a 10 foot four broad and a seven, three, three, three cone. Um, now, interestingly enough, he was originally a wide receiver that converted to tight end. And if you've listened to any of these tight end breakdowns, you know that I am a sucker for a previous wide receiver <laughs> that has converted to a tight end. Um, all, uh, my boy, the walrus, or one of these other um, super freak athletes that, you know, go from quarterback to tight end. Love that. He had an 18.4 breakout age, 97th percentile. So that's great. 15.5 yards per reception in college, which is 81st percentile. So again, very solid. Um, He tied for team highs in touch, the team high in touchdowns as a freshman. So that's something I really love to see. I love to see any position, but especially a tight end can come in and straight away be making an impact as a freshman, you know, just straight in there. Um, and he was tied for team high touchdowns, even as a freshman, as a sophomore, he was named to the John Mackey award watch list. He was named to several all America second teams in 2021. He was tabbed a 2021 John Mackey award semifinalist. Um, he earned many scholastic honors at school. So again, just touching on that, that has to do with, you know, the character, what was he like in school? Well, he not only was going to school, but he was actually excelling at school. So he was getting awards and honors for how well he was doing in school. Uh, in four years, 48 games for the Chanticleers, um, hint, hint, he had 133 receptions for 2050 yards, 15.4 yards per reception and 27 touchdowns, which is pretty significant when you hear some of those other touchdown numbers from some of the other tight ends. But before I, before I launch into this, um, breakdown here, what do we think? What are, what are a Chanticleers? All right. So I have done my research and a Chanticleer is a rooster. It is. It's a rooster Aww. that appears in a fable about Reynard the Fox. Yeah, this is a it's kind of kind of a weird thing. I would not be oh. super excited to go to college and be a Chanticleer, but all right, there there we are. That's so disappointing. So they're the <laughs> the Carolina Cox, basically. Like, well, I mean, you're already the South Carolina is already the game Cox. It's just yeah. So they're the Coastal of, Carolina Cox, the triple C. There's there's some kind of like underground rooster market going on in Carolina that we don't know about. Well, I think they should have gone with some sort of goblet that they drink wine out of. That would be way more. <laughs> elite way more uh, like the exciting, cups but... they can't be the cups yeah but they could be like these fancy like big or a chandelier a <laughs> they chandelier. could be the chandeliers <laughs> they could be the coastal carolina chandelier there you go that make that fancy your posh your make rich. that your next poll for, for on twitter okay would you rather be yes a cup a chandelier a or a cock or a chandelier or one. Cock. uh choose one it was the <laughs> pick your fighter <laughs> it was the cock in the kitchen with the chandelier <laughs> So Isaiah likely, I really, I, I'm disappointed that I, <laughs> sorry, we broke Evan. I did I'm, it. I'm I disappointed it. that I don't have any good nicknames for Isaiah likely because I really do like the guy. Um, he is one of my top three tight ends in this class. And I like him, especially when we're looking at and projecting for fantasy football. 
So because he was very uh, he was very prolific offensively in in college, he you look at him and he looks like he's built more like a running back than a tight end to me, like looking at him just physically, the way he's built, the way he's put together. Um, now, he does have some knocks on him. So even just from like, you know, there's I saw some body catches. Don't like that. Um, you don't see Bay McBride doing any of these body catches. So I don't like to see that. Um, there was decent straight line speed but not a burner and again i guess that does tie into what we saw with the athletic testing um you know he is sort of he does look a little bit small so it does worry me a little bit from a perspective of just pure nfl um because obviously you want him to be able to block these big <laughs> these big defensive ends uh, you want him to be able to do some sort of like pass protection uh, so that he can be on the field a lot at the next level so that does worry me a little bit um that's probably why he's a little bit below somebody like bay mcbride um but he is athletic to attack the ball at the catch point he's good with contested catches he's good at like just getting in there ripping the ball making making things happen um he's I, I just think he's such he's he's obviously a receiving tight end and my assumption will be in the nfl draft whoever drafts him is wanting an offensive weapon and that's why they're drafting him i don't think anybody's going in and drafting him for his blocking skills or for like what he can bring to the run game so that is my only hope in the sense of for his blocking, I think he has good routes, um, good open field speed. He has a bit of a, a bit of wiggle, a bit of juke. You know, he's good at like some sort of, you know, being elusive once he has the ball in his hands. He can even be utilized in short, short screens and like sort of, you know, um, those almost like jet sweeps and things like that. I think he's good at yards after the catch. So again, he's not somebody who's necessarily like Bay McBride's going to knock you over and run you down, but he is good at being elusive, juking, kind of, you know, making things happen, being shifty in the open field. And he scored 27 touchdowns in college. I mean, he was a red zone machine. Um, he was a, he was a good, a good guy to look to in the red zone, which is something obviously that you hope would continue on at the NFL level. So again, yes, there are concerns about his size. There's concerns about his blocking and things like that. But, but my hope will be somebody who drafts him at the NFL level, isn't looking to him to be a blocker or looking to him to really establish the run game. They're going to be looking to him, hopefully to be an offensive weapon, to just be another wide receiver almost um uh, you know split out and, and running routes and, and being somebody a weapon uh, just an offensive weapon out of the backfield so i really like isaiah likely but I, i'm gonna throw it over here because obviously we have pasta king on the show he is the tight end whisperer so what are your thoughts on isaiah likely um do you like him uh would you have a nickname for him more importantly and where where are you at with him okay so yes i do like isaiah likely no, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not quite as advanced as you in the nicknames. I should have. I should have thought of this. If you would have told me, I would have spent hours thinking of a nickname for him. <laughs> uh, but you know, the first thing that I see when I was watching Isaiah Likely on film is that I just I saw a guy that to me reminded me initially of David Njoku on film, a, a guy that you know is a good athlete and can rely on his athleticism. And then I kind of started to watch more. And Man, you know what? It was so much about just Coastal Carolina's offense that you know, they run a lot of that triple option. They run a, run a lot of funky schemes that it's just it's set up in a way that it almost feels like at times like Isaiah likely is the only receiver on the team and that it's just a bunch of running backs and then a lot of 50 50 balls up to Isaiah likely. And you know, I think that a lot of that kind of lends to his production and why he hasn't quite developed as an athlete. I think if you take a guy like Isaiah likely and you put him onto one of those bigger programs, I think we're talking about a guy who has a much, uh, much 
better initial prospect grade going into the NFL. But for him, it was so much of it was just 50-50 balls, and they were ugly 50-50 balls. It was just a lot of, it looked like a high school quarterback throwing to the biggest kid on the field. And that's that's just what it seemed over and over again. Uh, I I would like to see him, like you mentioned, Evan. You know, get a little bit better at blocking, and not that he needs to be a blocker, but I want to see him be more well rounded. And and for that, I think a lot of that is going to be putting on some muscle, getting stronger. He is a little thin, and that's why I kind of you know, steered away from the David and Joku thing because and Joku was rocked up man like that guy was just <laughs> yeah. he looked like a pro wrestler that just put on pads and that's not exactly what isaiah like you could tell he used to be a wide receiver he was just a bigger slower wide receiver and they they found a place for him so i think that if he's able to put on about 10 pounds of muscle get stronger and learn how to use that muscle remember it's not just being big or being strong it's knowing how to use it properly because when, when you get to the nfl you know, this isn't the Sun Belt Conference anymore, man. You're not playing for the Chanticleers or Chandeliers or Cups or Goblets or whatever it is. You know, you're going up against real life NFL defenders, big 250 pound linebackers that are going to put you on your butt. You're going to be going up against Kyle Hamilton sized safeties that are going to be able to run with you everywhere. You can't just rely on the jump ball stuff anymore. So I think that if he can get stronger, I think that's going to help him a lot. So I eventually kind of led down to my player comp being more more along the lines of Harrison Bryant. Uh, it was also same team as David Njoku, um, you know, just an athletic guy uh, that, you know, he could be a good complimentary tight end. Maybe his first year in the league, uh, be a little bit of like a move tight end, a guy that can, you know, get around the field going in motion a lot, probably a little bit of some backfield H back work that could really help him. But with him, with Isaiah likely, you know, I, I, I said this the other day and I kind of like this is to me, he's the Malik Willis of the tight ends that he could really benefit from kind of a red shirt year because he's got all the traits to be the best tight end in the class. I just think he needs time to develop and he's going to need some good coaching. Yeah, I love that you said that because that's actually one of the things that I was thinking about when I was watching him is I was like, this. it felt like, yeah, very haphazard sort of like team you know like just you could tell they weren't like a polished like hey this is an alabama this is a team knows what's going on they've got solid coaching at every level things like that it definitely felt more you know high school than than nfl you know if you had to lean one way or the other so yeah 100 i think you've nailed it there i think that he's got all the tools um and he's an offensive weapon so he knows how to make things happen he's a gamer he like knows he's got a, a nose for the end zone i like all those things about him he's got the tools but hopefully he gets decent draft capital and he goes to a place where they're going to work with him and they're going to have a vision for how they want to use him at the next level but it could be a slow burn and so therefore yeah i think if you're going to draft him in your rookie draft just temper your expectations because I think some people are lo loving him like I am, but but maybe expecting like Coastal Carolina Cox production in the <laughs> NFL year one. And I'm not, you know, so I think you just have to have that manage that expectations. If you do get that happy days, if he just hits the ground running and he just is awesome as rookie year, then that's great. But if he's a slow burner, I wouldn't surprise me. He's probably learning about, you know, putting on some weight in the weight room, getting some NFL coaching, learning about because Unless you're, you know, Mike Yusicki, you're probably going to be asked to block occasionally. Yeah, I would say for me, a rookie draft grade, I'm looking at him because I like the upside and everything like that. In a one QB league, probably like very end of the second, maybe early third. Um, I'm not reaching up to grab him at the top of the second or even the middle second. There's a lot of interesting wide receivers and there'll be some running backs and things. But at the very end of the second round, uh, again, assuming he gets good draft capital, I'm probably comfortable enough. Where are you at with him, um, Pasta King? Yeah, I think in the NFL, I think he's most likely going to be somewhere 
Man, if he sneaks into day two, that'd be great. But I think he might be an early day three guy, round four, round five. Uh, but for your fantasy drafts, I do think that he can be kind of a early to mid third round player, depending on you know how how good his draft capital is, what kind of situation he le- he ends up in, and you know if it's really good, you could see that start to creep up a little bit. But once again, I think he needs that redshirt year. Uh, if it's tight end premium, we're talking just slightly higher. But yeah, I think third round is going to be the sweet spot for him in dynasty rookie drafts. There you have it, folks. Two more. Two more tight end prospects in the bag. Apologies for laughing uncontrollably, but that was very funny. Um, And that's what we love about Alfredo is he is not just a good mind. He's a good time. And that's what I always say about him. So, um, yeah, we are going to be back again tomorrow. Come back and join us for our last two tight end breakdowns. I draft zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate.